so much for listening you might have guessed but this episode is re-recorded and you can find the original on patreon you can access the original episodes and everything else with just donating one dollar a month and if you love what's happening with this podcast or you love me or both you are welcome to donate more all right let's get started with today's episode lisa marie nowick was born may 10th 1963 in washington dc to alfredo and jan caputo lisa's parents were very smart people Alfredo was a computer consultant and Jan was a biological specialist. Growing up, Lisa and her two sisters, Andrea and Marissa, grew up in Rockville, Maryland. With supportive parents, Lisa thrived in school. Not to say someone could only thrive with successful parents, but Lisa followed in her parents' footsteps. Lisa was described as competitive, ambitious, and a perfectionist growing up. I am speculating, of course, but I imagine that her parents put some pressure on her to succeed, so she did. She also excelled throughout school, served the student council, competed on the math team, and was a member of the French Honor Society. Another reason why Lisa was so competitive and determined throughout school was that Lisa dreamt of becoming an astronaut when she grew up. At five years old, Lisa became very interested in NASA. In a 2005 interview with People magazine, Lisa recalled watching the Apollo 2 moon landing in 1969. Lisa said, quote, I remember the moon landing and watching those astronauts, and I thought it was very exciting. In 1978, female astronauts began going up to space. This excited Lisa because as a woman, she wasn't sure she could ever be an astronaut. Watching women go up into space gave Lisa hope that she could one day achieve her dreams. In her junior year of high school, she told her mother that she was going to become an astronaut. With NASA in the back of her mind growing up, Lisa played field hockey and competed in track and field athletics. In 1981, she was named Student Athlete of the Year at her high school and graduated as co-valedictorian. Lisa was obviously smart and talented and was accepted into Brown University, a private Ivy League school. Lisa was also accepted into the United States Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. Lisa attended the latter because she felt she had a better chance of becoming an astronaut attending the school, even though her parents didn't necessarily agree. She was part of the 6% of women attending the U.S. Naval Academy in 1981. During this time, Lisa and the other women in the program were harassed by colleagues and professors because they thought women didn't belong in the program. Professors would openly discuss their misogynistic opinions in front of these women during class. And despite all the backlash of being a woman in a, quote, man's career, Lisa stuck with the program and completed on the track team and graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in Aerospace Engineering in May 1985. Lisa was then commissioned as an ensign in the U.S. Navy. An ensign is a junior rank of a commissioned officer in the infantry or navy. Lisa chose a six-month second mint to the Johnson Space Center where she worked as an aerospace engineer. A second mint loosely means an assignment of a member of one organization to another organization for a temporary period. And if I'm wrong, please tell me. Lisa worked at the Johnson Space Center's branch at the Ellington Air Force Base not too far away. What all of this means is that Lisa was a part of the Navy, but was assigned to the Space Center, essentially. Like I said, if I did not explain that correctly, please email me about corrections and I will include them. In the same year in December, Lisa reported to the Naval Air Station Pensacola in Florida for flight training. At this time, women couldn't go on combat assignments because of sexism, and half the jobs in the Navy were banned from women. 
Resulting from the current situation, Lisa was accepted into flight training, which was a very big deal for women at the time. Men often resented Lisa for being accepted in the program when they were passed over. And despite all of this backlash, Lisa became a naval flight officer in June 1987. A flight officer is a co-pilot that specializes in airborne weapons and sensor systems, which sounds badass. As a qualified flight officer, Lisa completed many assignments from 1987 to 1990. In 1990, Lisa entered the U.S. Naval Postgraduate School in California and completed her master's in aeronautical engineering and completed her second master's degree in in astronautical engineering two years later. During all of Lisa's accomplishments, Lisa got married to a man named Richard T. Nowick in 1988. Richard was also a fellow Annapolis classmate. In 1992, when Lisa was completing her second master's degree, Lisa and Richard had their first son, Alexander. Even with the family at her side, Lisa continued working towards her dreams, something that was still controversial in the 90s. After applying six times, Lisa eventually was accepted into the Naval Test Pilot School in Maryland. She graduated in June 1994 and became an airlift systems project officer. On May 1, 1996, NASA announced the names of 10 pilots and 25 mission specialist candidates shortly after announcing NASA was selecting a new group of astronauts in 1995. Lisa was on that list and was asked to report to the Johnson Space Center for astronaut training in August 1996. Lisa and her family moved to Clear Lake City, Texas, which is where the space station is located. Lisa's husband, Richard, left active duty in 1998 and found a job as a space communications contractor and worked as a flight controller at the Mission Control Center. In 2001, Lisa gave birth to twin girls, Alyssa and Katrina. Lisa and Richard began to alternate their work schedules to accommodate the growing family until Richard went back into active duty in 2002 and left Lisa alone to care for their children. This kind of left Lisa feeling alone, and it took a toll on their marriage. She managed to continue her career, of which she clinged onto. In February 2003, according to the New York Post, the space shuttle Columbia, quote, disintegrated upon re-entry, killing its seven crew members, including Lisa's best friend, Laurel Clark. Lisa didn't take time to grieve, but she did become a grief counselor for Laurel's family and in result wasn't home to see her husband or kids and definitely didn't take too good care of herself. In January 2004, Lisa participated in an 11-day cold weather survival training course in Canada. William O'Fallon also participated in the course, who had known Lisa when they were both selected as an astronaut in 1998. When Lisa and William arrived back in Houston, they began their long affair. More pressure was put on Lisa to conceal her affair with William because not only did she not want her husband and his wife to find out, Lisa and William were serving as Navy officers and the affair would go against their code. They could potentially get fired if they were found out. Despite all the effort to conceal the affair, Lisa stopped paying much attention to her husband Richard and to her kids. In 2005, William divorced his wife because his wife found saucy emails between Lisa and William. After the divorce, Lisa and William saw each other more and pushed Richard and her kids away. In 2006, Lisa finally achieved her dreams and traveled to space as a mission specialist on the shuttle Discovery. This was the second shuttle that went into space since Columbia. With the astronaut career booming, there was less available flights going to space, and with all these new people and fewer flights, Lisa's astronaut career began to dwindle. The whole point of the career was to go to space, and Lisa was just not going up. She began to feel uncertain about what was going to happen to her career. While all of this was happening, Lisa decided to separate from Richard in January 2007 and focus on William. 
William didn't like what was happening and told Lisa that he had been seeing someone else since late 2006 and wanted to break up with her. Even with this clear communication that William was seeing someone else, Lisa still called him every day. And even with this clear evidence that Lisa was not okay with William breaking up with her, William still went on with his life thinking everything was okay and began a relationship with Air Force Captain Colleen Shipman. William and Lisa still saw each other as friends and continued to train for a charity bicycle race. Colleen obviously wasn't okay with Lisa storing her bike at William's apartment, which understandable, and asked him to ask Lisa to remove it. Later in January 2007, Lisa was passed for a mission and she didn't take it well. She argued that she should have been chosen because she was a team player and well-deserving of the assignment. Lisa was not either of those things, unfortunately, and was known not to help out fellow colleagues in assignments Lisa wasn't assigned to, and she particularly didn't like working with others when she was assigned to something. With everything going on with William, which was actually barely anything since they were supposed to be friends, in February 2007, Lisa decided to use the key William had given her to his apartment at the beginning of their affair and stooped around. William, you broke up with her, you should change your lock. That's all I'm saying. Lisa found steamy emails between William and Colleen because they're dating. And through these emails, Lisa found out that Colleen was going to be flying to Orlando, Florida from Houston that week. And you see, Lisa was very jealous of Colleen and decided the only thing that Lisa could do about the situation she was literally supposed to see was to follow Colleen to Florida. Lisa stocked her car with latex gloves, a black wig, a BB pistol, pepper spray, a trench coat, a drilling hammer, an 8-inch Gerver folding knife, garbage bags, and a map to Colleen's house. What is most well known about this case is the fact that Lisa also packed diapers in her car, just like the ones the astronauts wear on their missions. So Lisa threw on a diaper and traveled the 14-hour, 900 miles long trip from Houston to Florida without stopping. And Lisa later explained to police she wore the diapers so she didn't have to stop and she could get to the airport in time to meet with Colleen. Can you see where her mental health is? Did anybody not recognize the signs? On the podcast Wine and Crime, they often say that mental illness is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. So it's definitely her responsibility to have gotten some help, but nobody else noticed what was happening. And it seemed like William was kind of leading her on from what I read. On May 11th, 2007, Lisa arrived at the airport before Colleen and waited for an hour in the baggage claim area wearing the black wig and the trench coat. Lisa finally spotted Colleen leaving the airport and followed her to an airport satellite parking area. And because Colleen is not stupid, she later said she was fully aware that someone was following her and picked up the pace. Colleen jumped in her car and, and immediately locked the door. Lisa slapped the window and tried to open the door, all the while asking for a ride and crying. And Colleen being a sympathetic woman, she rolled down the window a couple of inches to talk to the woman. Lisa quickly pulled out her pepper spray and sprayed it in the tiny space into the car. Amazingly, while blinded with pepper spray literally in her eyeballs, Colleen managed to drive off to the parking lot booth where police were called. Several airport officers arrived and one of them had noticed a woman discarding a bag into the trash at a parking shuttle bus stop. With all of this evidence and Colleen literally naming her attacker, because she's, like I said, she's not stupid, Lisa was arrested in the Orlando International Airport. At first, her charges were attempted vehicle burglary with battery and destruction of evidence. These charges made Lisa the first active duty astronaut to face felony charges. So she's done a lot of firsts. Understandably, Colleen also requested a restraining order against Lisa and said she had never met Lisa before the attack but knew Lisa had been stalking both William and her for two months. 
Because of the evidence presented, which included planning, disguises, and weapons, Lisa was recommended to be held without bail. Unfortunately, she was given a $15,000 bail and was released as long as Lisa would wear a tracking device. But in a turn of events, she was charged with attempted murder and announced she would not be released on bail. But then, Lisa was given bail with a $10,000 increase from the original bail. It's very confusing to stay on top of what actually happened with her. Some reports say that she was released on bail once and blah blah blah, but then I found out that she was constantly been given bail but then taken away. It's just kind of a mess. And then for some reason, Colleen dropped her protection order against Lisa. And it is very difficult to get protection orders in the United States in America and in general for some reason. I literally do not understand why because there's clear evidence but something must have happened where she realized that she didn't have enough proof or something. Usually that's what happens that I've seen but I have no idea. A month after the attack against Colleen, Lisa was let go from her job as well as William in June 2007. After Lisa's attack on Colleen, NASA also began to implement annual psychological screenings for astronauts during annual fight physicals. They felt if they had done this already, Lisa could have been helped sooner before committing any crimes. According to a People's Magazine article, Lisa and Richard divorced in 2008. So she still wasn't divorced. She was just separated from Richard. Lisa's legal team filed for an insanity plea and claimed she suffered from obsessive compulsive disorder, insomnia, and depression. Later on, there was a ruling that Lisa had not fully been advised of her rights before the police interview, which, come on, really? And that interview was inadmissible in court. Due to that fiasco, the attempted murder charge was dropped. Always happens, doesn't it? During this trial, all the items in Lisa's car was released. Besides all the other creepy stuff I mentioned earlier, police recovered a handwritten note listing Colleen's flight info in a floppy disk that contained two photographs of Lisa riding in a bike race and 15 images of an identified woman in different stages of undressing and in bondage. Police also uncovered that William provided Lisa with a cell phone while they were in the early stages of their affair. There were over 100 calls reported between the two of them. They also found out that William and Lisa were still talking after the breakup, like I mentioned earlier, and Lisa was also alone with William in, in his apartment at least once in January before the attack. They were training for the bike race together and frequently attended the gym. Obviously, this is a red flag for authorities, and this just leads you to believe, were they really over? Authorities also found and released a surveillance video from the airport that showed Lisa waiting an hour at the baggage claim, putting on a trench coat, and following Colleen out the airport after she got her bags. With all of this evidence piled against her, in 2009, Lisa took a plea deal where she would plead guilty to burglary and misdemeanor battery. Lisa received a year of probation, 50 hours of community service, and had to issue Colleen an apology letter and promise she would never contact William again. The judge sentenced Lisa's two-day jail time served. Two days! Obviously, one would imagine that Colleen wasn't happy with the deal Lisa got, especially because she believed Lisa had the intent to kill her, which I do too. Colleen's quality of life had drastically changed. Lisa's attack on Colleen gave her nightmares and dizzy spells, and Colleen felt she needed weapons on her at all times to protect herself. People could read that, and people could see that sentence and say, oh, whatever, you know. But when you're attacked, your quality of life changes drastically because you're constantly aware that things could happen at any moment. I can empathize, but I can't even imagine what Colleen must have gone through. 
According to Biography.com, despite all of this happening to her, Colleen continued to see William, retired in 2008, and moved to Alaska and married William in 2010. And personally, and this is just me and anybody else can have their own opinion, I would not marry William after all of that. Colleen published her first novel, Erie, in December 2015 under the pen name C.M. McCoy. According to People.com, Colleen and William run the website AdventureWrite.com, which promotes writing for kids. So it sounds like they're doing great, and I'm happy for them. Lisa was discharged from the Navy in 2010 and demoted from captain to commander at the end of service. She completed her year of probation, and in 2011, Lisa had her criminal file sealed. I don't understand why people get their files sealed. According to a People's Magazine article in 2017, Lisa, in her 50s, was said to be living in a modest home in Texas and working in the private sector. Lisa has vanished from public life and stopped giving interviews. And her kids are grown-ups now and they're said to be doing well, which I'm very happy for them. Despite all of her mental health issues, I really hope that she got what she needed and I hope she got the help she needed. Obviously, I don't condone any of her actions and... She needed to get more punishment, I feel like. That's just my opinion. And I also feel the need to say her accomplishments and her crime is separate. The fact that she did so much in her life was amazing. And that probably gave her a lot of pressure to be amazing all the time. I don't know why she continued with that affair and I don't know why she got so attached. And honestly, the best I can say is mental illness was a factor in this story. And it's very sad to see, but I'm glad that everyone's doing okay. I hope you guys have a good rest of your day and stay safe out there, guys. Thank you for listening to Crime Cloud. If you would like to access my Instagram, go to at Crime Cloud Podcast. And for my Twitter, go to at Crime Cloud Pod. To find the blog, go to crimecloudpodcast.blog. To email suggestions or corrections, use crimecloudpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening and supporting the podcast.